Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We started a new message series a couple weeks ago called New Mercies, and we've been talking about change. And the first week we talked about how life goes in seasons and change happens, and we talked about how to deal with change outside of us, how to deal with change that comes in our lives and how to handle transitions. Uh, the second week, Pastor Kenny talked about the change inside of us and how God uses a process called sanctification. Thank you. Some of you were paying attention. Thank you. Sanctification, and he changes us. And then last week we talked about how not to procrastinate that change, how to take steps to move towards that change. So today we're going to conclude this series, and we're going to get very practical on how to develop habits and disciplines that will help us get that change moving in our lives. So how we don't procrastinate. Now next Sunday we're starting a new message series. I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's called At the Movies. We've done it for the last couple of years. We just take movies that have come out through the year, and we just show little clips of it and just talk about how that applies, how there's truth in those. Because how many of you know all truth is God's truth? Right. If it's true, it's, it's God's, right? And it comes in many, many forms. Many of us have been spoken to through a song that was on the radio or through a word from somebody. So we're going to take these movies and just see how they apply to our lives. And we've got some cool little gifts for you. Uh, next Sunday, we've got movie candy we're going to have out in the foyer, and you can take a movie candy. Uh, then... A couple weeks later, we're going to have popcorn. You can take movie popcorn with you. No M&Ms, I'm sorry, but uh, popcorn. You have to provide your own M&Ms with that one. So we're excited about that. So that's something you can invite your friends to. So bring your friend with you. Uh, we're excited about that. So today we're going to talk about habits and discipline. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, if you hit that events tab, uh, the notes are in there. There's an older couple that was having dinner at a restaurant, and they've been married for a long time. And they're just kind of sitting there eating in silence. And the wife sees another couple about their age sitting in the booth close to them. And, and the husband was whispering in his wife's ear, and she was giggling, and they were just very flirtatious. And she was blushing, and he kind of rubbed her shoulder, and he touched her hair. And the woman looked at her husband and said, look at them over there. Look at how affectionate they are and how close he is to his wife. And how he's holding her hand and talking to her. Why can't you do that? He said, honey, I don't even know that lady. So don't be that guy. Uh, so you know that in marriage, sometimes we can get in a rut, right? You ever been there in marriage? You can just kind of fall into a pattern, an unhealthy pattern. And it's the same way spiritually, guys. Sometimes in our spiritual lives, we can just fall into a rut. You ever been there? You're, where you just don't feel like you're growing or you feel like, you know, you're doing what we talked about last week, spiritual procrastination, you're not growing. So Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he says this, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to what? Win. I'm going to say that again, run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. 
So Paul says in, in every race, there's one winner. Now, I know we're, we're kind of in a culture now where everybody gets a, a trophy. Everybody gets, you know, everybody's a winner. But really, in a race, one person wins, right? In a game, one team wins. One team doesn't. One team almost wins, but they don't. They, they lose. So Paul said, if you want to win in life, you have to run to what? Win. He said, run to win. He said, I discipline myself. And so, guys, our spiritual lives are the same way. We talked last week about not procrastinating our spiritual growth, not putting off our spiritual growth, but stepping into it. So today we're going to talk about how to do that. And these are words we call disciplines. And I know that is not a pleasant word. None of us like disciplines. But discipline is something that we need in our lives. And so <clears throat> we have to, discipline is going to help us change our thinking. It's going to change the way we talk, being open to God's leading. Um, we have to understand that we have to discipline. Now, how many of you say would, you are very disciplined in your personal life? I'm on time where I have to go. I get up at the right time. I'm very disciplined. Anybody? How many lack some discipline, right? Well, here's the thing. If you're a person who lacks natural discipline, like the vast majority of us, we have to be more disciplined, right? We have to put disciplines in place in our lives. You know, when I was in college, I was very undisciplined. I had to put my alarm clock on the other side of the room to make myself get out of bed to shut it off because I would reach over and hit snooze and I'd be late to class, right? So I put it on the other side of the room, so I had to get up and actually walk to it. I was like, well, I'm already up. I may as well stay up, right? And one time, my leg fell asleep when I was sleeping. I didn't realize it. So I went to get out of bed, shut my alarm clock off, and just, right? My roommate's like, what are you doing? I was crawling across the floor. Like, I can't stand up. I have to get my alarm clock off. So those are ways that we can be more disciplined, right? So Paul said we need to have disciplines in our spiritual life. And disciplines eventually become habits. And habits help us grow. So the necessity of spiritual disciplines. So when we give our lives to Christ, conversion happens supernaturally. Conversion happens supernaturally when we give our lives to Christ. You don't have to earn salvation. When we ask Jesus to forgive our sins, when we ask him to come into our lives and change us, he says we're made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So guys, when we give our lives to Christ, we don't have to earn that. We don't have to have disciplines or habits to earn salvation. He gives it to us freely. But if we want to grow in that relationship, if we want to run the race to win, like Paul said, we have to grow. And growth comes through disciplines and habits. Spiritual growth comes through disciplines and habits that we build into our lives to help us grow. Now, can we grow if we just come to church on Sundays? Yeah, you're going to grow, right? If you listen to the Word and you do what it says and you go to, you know, we have Sunday school classes that you can learn the Bible. We have small groups, life groups. We have Bible studies. That will help us grow. But to really grow in our spiritual lives, we have to have disciplines and habits in our lives to help us grow. I love this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is writing to Timothy, who is his protege in the faith. He was training Timothy to be a pastor, and he says this, Don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, what is that word? Train yourself to be godly. Train yourself. Have spiritual habits. He says in the next verse, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. 
promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So guys, if we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, if we want him to use us, if we want to have a bigger influence in our lives, we need to work on these habits. We have to train ourselves. There's a a quote from an author named Richard Foster. He says, virtue is good habits we can rely on to make our life work. Conversely, vice is bad habits we can rely on to make our lives not work, to make it dysfunctional, as we say. So a holy life is simply a life that works. I love that. Virtues are habits we build into our lives to help us grow spiritually, right? They're important. And spiritual disciplines take time to develop into habits. Spiritual disciplines take time to develop into habits. How many of you know we have to practice spiritual disciplines? They're not just things that happen, right? I don't just give my life to Jesus and say, oh, you know, I really want to read my Bible today. Some of you have been Christians longer than I've been alive, and it's still sometimes you have to make it a force thing to read your Bible, right? Sometimes you have to remember, oh, I need to do that today. Some days it just comes naturally. I'm hungry. I'm ready. Some days it's just, it's work. So these are things we call habits, spiritual habits. Now, there was a Sunday night football game about five, six years ago where a receiver named uh, Odell Beckham Jr. made an insane one-handed catch. You guys remember that? I've actually got a clip of it here. We're going to see. It'll show a replay here. Now, how do you learn how to do that? Is that just sheer physical ability? Some of it, right? I mean... There's a lot of body control that goes into that. But you know how he did this? Check this out. Somebody videoed this before a game. This guy practices this over and over and over. And you'll see him. He'll come back and he'll do it again and again and again and again. That's called what? Discipline. Practice. Training. I'll watch, see this next one. This is kind of ridiculous too. I can't tell how many times I watched this when I found this video. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He just does this over and over and over again before games. That's called what? Discipline. Discipline. To learn how to do those things, you have to have discipline. And so, guys, spiritually, it's the same way. If I want to grow my relationship with Jesus, if I want to hear his voice better, if I want to learn to be more obedient, I have to have what? Discipline and habits, spiritual disciplines. So what kind of spiritual disciplines am I talking about? Well, the first, it's just a category we're going to call disciplines of relationship. Disciplines of relationship. Disciplines that help me in my relationship with Jesus. And there are a couple different ones. One is called solitude. How many of you know in the New Testament, we read over and over where Jesus got alone and went off by himself to do what? To pray. To pray and to listen. Jesus, God's son, did this in his own life. That means we need to do that too. 
I need a time of day to be alone with Jesus every single day. Now, am I saying it has to be an hour or two hours, three hours? No, it can be five minutes to start. It can be 10 minutes to start. It can be three. If you haven't done this before, it's so important just to get a time that you set aside to be in solitude with Jesus. Set a time and a place. If you don't set a time and a place, guess what happens? It never comes, right? It's the same way when you're married. If you don't say, we're going to go out on a date, it doesn't just happen very often. Dates don't just appear, right? You have to get alone and do that. And when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, when you're first dating, it's pretty easy. Yeah, let's go out. Let's go on a date. Let's go do something. When you've been married 20 or 30 years, it takes discipline sometimes. Hey, we have to set time in our calendar apart to go do that or it just won't happen. And it's the same with Jesus. Our lives are so full of stuff that if we don't set aside time, specific time, to talk with Jesus, to listen, then we're never going to do it. We have to do it. And we can reap the benefits of solitude. It's a time for transformation. It's a time when you go off on your own. I love this quote, and I, I wrote it down, and I can't remember who said it. I apologize. But it says, solitude without purpose breeds inconsistency and apathy. But solitude with purpose breeds discipline and intimacy. That means we get alone with Jesus. We spend time reading his word. And again, that YouVersion Bible app is incredible because it's got so many plans you can read. Some of them take quite a while. Some are very quick, very short. It's a couple of passages of scripture and some thoughts. The Bible Engagement Project app that we use in our Sunday school classes, that has daily devotions. And they're really short. They're small. But they just help you think through what you've learned. And so it's so important to do that. So to be alone in solitude, to read scripture to get with Jesus, to spend time in his word. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And in your notes there, I put some questions for reading that you can have. So when you're reading the word, think it through. What is it saying? Why is this important? What should I do about it? How do I remember it? Because reading God's word helps us grow. It helps us know him better. How many of you still have notes somewhere in your house that your spouse sent you when you were dating? Anybody keep any of those? Some of us tucked away? Yeah. Why? Because sometimes it's fun to kind of go back. Oh, yeah, that's how we were feeling then. God's word is like that. It tells us what he wants from us. It tells us what he expects of us. And when we memorize it and we read it, you'll see more and more as you go through life, when you come into a difficult time, guess what happens? Scripture pops back into memory, doesn't it? The Lord will remind you of a verse. Oh, yeah, that's how I can get through this. So we need to have solitude, reading Scripture, praying, spending time praying. And that's not just saying, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this, but it's listening too, right? We can give thanks, we can request, we can intercede, we can pray through a verse that you read that day, pray through your day, and then listening. Solitude is getting alone and listening. Zephaniah 1.7 says, Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. How many of you have a lot of noise in your lives? <laughs> All of us. It's incredible. You know, when they record like a, a scene in a movie where there's just silence in nature, you know how many takes it takes to get that? I've read that it takes hours. Even out in the middle of nowhere, it takes hours to get just a silent nature scene because there's always planes going overhead. So in our lives, it's no different. We have 
phone calls, we have text messages, we have instant messages, we have radio, we have people. And I don't know if you guys are like this, but sometimes I just have to get in quiet. I have these headphones that have what's called noise canceling in them. It's amazing. I click a button and the world disappears. <laughs> and sometimes you'll see me at the gym. I'm not listening to anything. I'm just taking out noise. It's just gone. It's amazing. So sometimes you just have to have that. Listening is a lost art form. So we just need to get alone with the Lord and listen to what he says. I can't tell you how many people have come and said, Pastor, I don't hear God's voice. I said, well, are you listening? And I said, what? <laughs> we have to listen. Spend time with them. So relationship. And then there's disciplines of generosity. Disciplines of generosity. Generosity is serving, right? Giving of your time. Generosity is not just financial. We know that, but we know that we're supposed to use our gifts. There's a parable in Matthew chapter 25 called the parable of the talents. And it's where a landowner gives some gold, some talents of gold to his servants, and he gives more to one and less to another. And he says, go use it. Go do something with it. And two of them go, and they make use of it, and they earn more. One just went and hit it in the ground. And the ones that used it were commended. And it's the same way. We all have gifts. We call them talents, actually, based on that parable. Some of you are great talkers. You can use that. Some of you are great servers. You can use that. And guys, if you want to get plugged in, we have spaces all over this church body that you can get plugged in. You can serve in the nursery. If you like to rock babies, we have you covered. <laughs> if babies scare you, we have youth ministry, <laughs> right? If the in-between is good, we have toddlers you can work with. We have kids you can work with. We have places where you can just serve, help in the kitchen, do different things. Guys, there's lots of ways. You can serve in your community, there's lots of ways to use those things. And so when we really want to grow, we need to serve. And serving gets our minds off our problems and helps us serve others. Sharing. One of the last things Jesus said before he went to heaven was what? Go into all the world and make disciples. We're supposed to share the good news. So that's the way we share. And then giving. Physical giving. I found this story of a guy, you know those red light cameras that are going up in communities all across the country? So if you run a red light, they send a picture to your mailbox of you running a red light with a ticket. And so a guy got one of those in the mail. He said, this is crazy. It was a, a picture of him going through the light and then a picture of his license plate. So he took a picture of $200 bills and sent the picture back with that picture. He thought he was pretty clever. A couple days later, he got a picture in the mail of a pair of handcuffs. <laughs> so he sent his fine back in. After that, but you know, giving is important. Physical giving, sharing, but then also our finances are important. That's a way that we serve the Lord by giving our finances. In Malachi chapter three, verse ten, many of you know this verse. The only place in the Bible where it says that we're actually supposed to test God, it said, "Bring all the tithes, which is a portion of your giving or your money, into the storehouse, so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do," says the Lord of Heaven's armies, "I will open up the windows of heaven for you." I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Do you think when the Lord says, try me, he's serious? Absolutely. So, guys, when we give a portion of our income, our faithfulness to him, he is faithful to us. He says, your crops will be abundant, for I'll guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe, says the Lord. All nations will call you blessed because your land will be such a delight. Guys, when we are faithful in giving our finances to the Lord, when we're faithful in giving our, 
our time and our talents to the Lord, he blesses us. And I could go around the room here this morning, and there are so many of you that could tell stories of how God has blessed you when you started giving faithfully. How he provided more than enough over and over again because it helps us. He blesses us, and it also gets our minds off ourselves and puts them on what God's doing. It gets rid of selfishness and self-centeredness. So what happens when we have these disciplines? What is the result of spiritual disciplines? Well, the first thing is we see that our minds are renewed. And I've, I put this quote up here, you guys, or this verse, you guys have seen it so many times, that Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find accessible, acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you what? Think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If we spend time in his word, if we spend time in his presence, if we give of our time and our talents and our abilities and our finances, we become more like him. That's what Pastor Kenny shared a few weeks ago. It's called what? Sanctification. As we spend time in God's presence, listening to him, and reading his word, and serving him, we become more like him, and less like the world around us. And many of you have seen, as you've grown in your relationship with Jesus, you become less like the world and more like him. There are less temptations. They're still out there, but you're not as tempted. There's less drama. It's still out there, but you're less tempted to take part in it, right? Because you're more interested in what he wants. It helps us change our thinking. I love this verse, James, or this path, uh, this quote, I'm sorry, my brain. Coffee is really important, I'm realizing. <laughs> James Smith says, our wants and longings and desires are at the core of our identity, the wellspring from which our actions and our behaviors flow. So he's saying, as we get more like Christ, as we become more like him, our wants and desires become more like his, and our lives change. So our minds are renewed, and secondly, he breaks down strongholds. He breaks down strongholds. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we live in this world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So as we get more like him, our thoughts come more in line with his. Our thoughts become more like him. And how many of you know 90% of the fights that we fight are in our minds? 90% of the things, you know, we love to blame it on demons, and they are real. They are out there. But a lot of times, our problems start right here. A lot of times, our actions start right here. How many times have you been talking with someone, and something wants to come out of your mouth so bad but you kind of rein it in, and sometimes it slips out of your ear hole and still comes out. But those thoughts are where it starts right up here, right? And so we have to hold those things in, but the more we become like Jesus, the less often that stuff happens. Does it ever totally go away? No. I still think sometimes stuff comes out of my mouth, and I just, yesterday, something popped out of my mouth, and I had to apologize to my wife, like, wow, that came out fast. I didn't, you know, I just... Didn't even process it. But the more we spend time in God's presence, the more our minds become like him. The more we 
our wants and desires line up with his. And the more those strongholds, those false arguments in our minds are broken down. Because somewhere along the line, many of us learn to believe lies that the enemy puts in our brain. We believe things like, I'll never be forgiven. I'll never find someone who loves me. God can never use me. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to break these habits that try to hold on to me. And we start believing that stuff. But the more time we spend in his word, the more time we spend in his presence, those things are broken off. And we become more like him. Our thoughts become more like him. He changes us into a new person by changing the way that we think. That comes through spiritual disciplines and spiritual habits. And then lastly, we get a closer relationship with God and with others. We get a closer relationship with him. We become more like him. We learn to hear his voice better. Thank you. Yeah, we learn to hear him as we walk with him, as we become more like him. So, guys, these disciplines are so important. And I'm going to encourage you, as God changes us with salvation, then we need to work those things out. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. If you're physically able, would you stand this morning? And I don't know what part of this that God is speaking to you. I really sense God is speaking to some of us today. I'm going to encourage you to respond to that. But maybe you're saying, you know, I really want to start some of these habits. I want to start some of these disciplines in my life. I know that I know Jesus, but I really want to start these. Maybe you're here and say, you know, I've never had a relationship with Jesus, but I want to start that. We can do that today as well. But maybe God needs to renew your mind to change the way that you think. Maybe he needs to break down some strongholds in your life, and that comes through these disciplines and these habits. So would you just close your eyes, shut yourself in with the Lord this morning. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you give us a new life when we come into a relationship with you. And Lord, I realize that we grow through these spiritual habits, through these disciplines that we put into place in our lives. Well, I know there are some here who are really, really good at these things. And there are some here today who maybe need to start. Maybe they've never started or maybe they're struggling. Lord, would you help us to get these habits down in our lives so we can get closer to you, so we can hear your voice better, so we can break down the false thoughts that that make strongholds in our minds. Lord, would you help us today?